Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. What a powerful move of God. And again, I thank this church so much for the prayer and fasting that's going on. I know many of you are making a great sacrifice and doing your best. And as I mentioned in prayer this morning, God has rewards and always keeps his promises. And so I hope that you'll begin to reap those rewards. Genesis chapter 22 Again, another week of prayer and fasting, so there will be prayer Monday night at 7 and Friday night at 7 as well. In Genesis chapter 2, God tested Abraham by asking him to give the thing that he loved more than anything else in his life. He asked for his son on an altar as a sacrifice. And then at the last moment, when God saw that Abraham was willing to surrender all, he said, now you can take your boy and go home, and here's a ram in a thicket. You can offer that in its place. But in verse number 15 of Genesis 22, it says, The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, Because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in thy seed, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Boy, obedience is important, folks. Very important. And I want you to consider this for a moment. You can think about it when you go home if you're not real clear on it. But do you know that Abraham is the father of not only the Jews, but the Arabs? and even the Christians. Because he is the father of the faithful. So in a sense, he's your daddy. Amen. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I'm gonna talk to you today for a few minutes on this subject. From the sand to the stars. From the sand to the stars. God bless you, you may be seated. The lowest thing on earth is sand. And the highest thing that we can imagine or even see are stars. And today I'm I'm going to be real precise with you and make sure you understand what I'm saying and I believe it's going to be a tremendous blessing to you today. There are basically four gems on the earth Gold, silver, diamonds, and pearls. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45, when Jesus was going through parables, read this parable in verse 45. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls 
when he had found one pearl of great price. Everybody said one pearl. Not a string of pearls, not a bucket of pearls, but one pearl of great price. When he found it, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Now three of the four gems that I have mentioned to you come from within the earth, but pearls come from the sea. They are the one gem that is different. And I am going to identify each of the parts of this parable and hope that you won't preach ahead of me today. I will start with the merchant man. The merchant man is Jesus. The oyster is the church. The sand are you and I before Christ. The nacre, which I will explain, is the fruit of the spirit. The peeler is the word of God and the pearls are you after Christ. Now, a grain of sand is what begins the process in an oyster. And I want you to consider this for a moment. Grains of sand. A grain of sand is, is so small that you really have a hard time even seeing it with your eyes. But if one grain of sand gets in the moist area of your eye, it will be a tremendous irritant. You won't be able to pick it out. So you know what you'll do? You'll close your eye and hope that the fluids that your eye produces will wash it down or wash it to a corner where you can push it out. Because if it is not soothed, it can actually scratch your eye and cause you great, great pain. And yet it is so insignificant. What is the price of a grain of sand? And it is also so innumerable. If I brought even a glass of sand here today and I I brought it up to this pulpit and I said, hey, I'd like one young person to spread this sand out on the table and count the grains of sand one by one in just a small jar. They couldn't do it. How much sand is on our shores or in our soil? And how insignificant, if you think about the vastness of all of it, is one grain of sand. Have you ever been in an airplane and been up at at, uh, cruising speed? And if it's a clear day, you can look down on the earth and the things that looked so big to you like semi-trucks or houses or mansions are so tiny. You have a hard time even finding roads from up above where you're flying in a plane. So is it possible, if you stay with me now, is it possible that we could think of ourselves as insignificant? I mean, what is the real value of one life when you talk about six billion? Do you ever think of that? 
Do you know that people are killing themselves because they see themselves as a grain of sand? Insignificant, unimportant. Well, I'm here today to tell you that you may think of yourself as a grain of sand, but God sees you with the potential of being a pearl. He sees your potential. And he is about to make a pearl out of your life, if you will allow him to do that. Now, sand has another thing about sand before I leave it. Sand can seem also to be smooth or it can be rough. I mean, if you walk on it and it's a nice warm day, it feels good to your feet and toes, doesn't it? But it also, if you get it in your shoes and your socks, it can be a real irritant to the point that you have to stop walking and empty your shoes. Sand has the ability to grind on wood, and we call it sandpaper. Sand has the ability to blast buildings and, and take paint and all kinds of things off. It's powerful and it's sharp, but it can be smooth. It can be cool or it can be hot. It has an adaptability to it that makes it unique in God's creation. But let's go back to the insignificant for a moment and show you how it can be significant. Now the oyster experience, I'm talking about natural pearls, natural pearls for a minute. I'm gonna talk about three kinds of pearls and the first one is the natural and here's the process. In the natural pearl, an irritant called sand, one grain is enough, gets inside of this mushy, oyster. It's not very beautiful on the inside of this oyster. It's kind of slimy. Um, I don't know why people would eat them, but they do. But this, this oyster is very soft and very tender. So when this foreign object finds its way into the oyster, it irritates it. But the oyster has the ability to produce a fluid called nacre. It's acre with an N on the front of it, nacre. And this nacre defends the oyster against this sharp grain of sand and puts a layer around it, a little moist layer. And it does look very slimy. But as it goes around that piece of sand, that irritant, it forms layers of nacre. And eventually the sand in its sharpness no longer irritates the oyster. Again, let me give you spiritual application. By the way, I had the strongest confirmation for this message this morning because in your bread, if you read a, a portion of bread every day, Old Testament, New Testament, and Proverbs, today, the last verse in your New Testament reading Matthew 13, 46. How's that? So there's my final confirmation. So here's what I'm saying. If the church is the oyster and a foreign substance comes into it, at first it may appear to be an irritant. It's not smooth. And we can sometimes, if we're not careful, take a look at people and say, 
Uh, I don't know if I want that in my church. First of all, it's not my church. It's his church. It's his church. And you know what? You weren't so smooth when you came into his church. I wish that sometimes we could remember what it was like to be a visitor. And and I wonder how we would conduct ourselves differently if we would just take a look at somebody and say, that's me, that's my BC, my before Christ. And we would just embrace them. Because this Naker, let me give you the example of Naker. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit, this is what I believe the Naker is, to the grain of sand, which it receives from the oyster. The fruit of the Spirit is, it lists nine things, nine layers. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Nine things. So this nacre of the Spirit, so to speak, begins to coat this grain of sand. And pretty soon... It no longer bothers the oyster. Matter of fact, it considers it its responsibility to form layers around what was, what was once insignificant, an insignificant grain of sand. Now, as these layers form around this grain of sand and it becomes a pearl, Every layer that comes on it increases its size and its value. But there's one problem. The oyster sometimes has foreign debris that finds its way inside of even the oyster. The church is not perfect. It's not. As long as there are people It's imperfect. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find one. And if you did, or you thought you did, and you joined it, it would no longer be perfect. (laughs) Because you're not perfect. So this foreign substance, whatever it is, and you can let your imagination go, whatever it is, finds its way inside of this oyster. And while these layers are going around and around on this pearl, there's a blemish because this foreign substance got in between the layers of the forming of the pearl. Now when the merchant man opens up the oyster and takes out the pearl and he sees a blemish on it. He deals with the blemish. Take a look here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. God wants to present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot, a wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy. Somebody say, I love holiness. holiness. 
It should be holy and it should be without. There it is. That's what's happened to the pearl. There's a blemish in it. Now what are you going to do? I'm going to use my peeler. And what happens is that the merchant man brings the peeler, which is a sharp knife, and a skilled person to use that knife, and he begins to peel one layer at a time. It's tedious work. One layer at a time off of the pearl until he gets to the blemish. He then removes the blemish, washes the pearl, and puts it back in the oyster. Is anybody preaching with me today? And it is not pleasant for the pearl to experience the peeler. Consider this, Hebrews 4 and 12. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the asunder of soul and spirit, joints of the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What are those? Blemishes. Those are the blemishes. And the, and the word of God, which is quick and powerful and sharp, does the work. But it's a very tedious work and requires much patience. He just doesn't saw on the pearl. He gently cuts and peels. Now the peelings are saved by some. And I'll get, I'll get to that next. Let me tell you something else about these pearls. When you remove the blemish, the pearl is now smaller, but it is of greater value. With a pearl with blemishes has very little value. You have to do this process. I knew you didn't like that part because nobody likes being cut on. And sometimes the word of God, maybe even last Sunday was hard for you. Maybe you felt, ooh, ooh that was a touchy subject, you know, or some other man of God may have used a word and, and, you, ooh, ooh, oh, and you wince and you coil back and you say, why? why? I, I don't know if I want to go to that church if, I, if I'm going to be corrected or if I'm going to be instructed or if I... Hey, wait a minute. The word of God is the word of God. It's not going to change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. We need to submit to the word of God and say, hey, God, whatever you got to do to this pearl, go ahead. I trust you. Take a layer off at a time if you have to. But I want to be valuable to you. I want to be without spot or wrinkle or blemish. I want to be valuable. So do what you have to do. Now the three kinds of pearls, I've mentioned this, this process that I'm mentioning right here, this is called natural pearls. Natural pearls. But there's another kind of pearl. And now I think is the time to bring this kind up. These are called imitation pearls. They've never been in an oyster. 
They've never been grown, developed. There are low layers of nacre on them because they remained in an oyster. How many of you think we need an oyster? I need an oyster. I need to be in the church. But, but this kind of a pearl comes from peelings. How many ever peeled a potato or peeled an apple or, you know, the peelings? What is the value of peelings? Now, I know you could put them out in your garden or, you know, compost pile or something like that. Or maybe there's some animals in your area that might eat them. But most people, you know what they do with peelings? They throw them away. They throw the peelings away. But some people, they gather the peelings And they try to form pearls out of these peelings, which makes them imitation pearls. They're not genuine pearls. And these imitation pearls, for a while, they look like a pearl, but they're cheap copies. Is anybody going to preach with me today? They're cheap copies of the real pearls that God is growing. And the problem with imitation pearls is they don't last. They're flaky. They fall apart under pressure. And then you are exposed for buying a cheap knockoff of the genuine. I want you to know there are lots of imitation pearls out there. They might look good on a certain time that you catch them. They're all dressed up nice and they talk nice or, and, and they even go to church. Doesn't make you a Christian going to church any more than it makes you a mechanic because you take your car to the garage to have it repaired. There are imitations. There are fakes. Satan has always imitated because he doesn't have the real thing. So watch out for imitation pearls that are nothing more than rejected peelings from the genuine. And then the third kind. The third kind of pearl is what are called cultured pearls. Cultured pearls. In this case, the merchant man actually has lots of oysters. And what the merchant man does is he places a tiny bead. We would call it a bead. That's the only way I can think to describe it. It's just a very, very tiny bead. It's not a piece of sand. It's a bead. And he places that bead inside of the oyster for at least a minimum, a minimum of one year. And he may keep it in there for several years, depending on its development growth, and value. These are called cultured pearls. I believe that we can be cultured pearls. I believe that when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have something genuine in us that won't break, that lives inside of us, and we form our lives around He becomes the center of it all. Everything revolves around you. He's the center of his church. 
He needs to be the center of our lives. The nacre is still the same. It's still the fruit of the Spirit. It's still being formed around us. But I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. And the, and the oyster or the church cultures and cultivates your life. This is where you learn how to pray and get a hold of God. This is where you develop relationships with other pearls. This is where you learn to pray and fast and you study the word of God and the strength and the armor of God and, and the presence of God are all a part of your culture now. If we're not careful, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna deviate from a second here because I feel to do this. If we're not careful, we can take what was in the house this morning for granted. Well, I didn't hardly even feel the presence of God. I don't know what they were so excited about. I didn't feel anything. You are in a dangerous place. You need to find your way back to the center of it all. We think we can preach without anointing or teach without anointing. I've got good material here. I'm nothing without God. And neither are you. You're nothing. God could use a donkey. Maybe he is today. I don't know. But do you understand what I'm saying? We are nothing without God. Nothing. We need God in everything. Not just an imitation. Because of an invitation. Listen to what the uniqueness of pearls compared to diamonds, silver, and gold. Do you know that pearls are the only gem that can reflect light, absorb light, and for a short time, give light. None of the other gems can do that. Do you know that pearls come in all colors? Sometimes when people think of pearls, they say, well, white pearls. No, no, there's all kinds of different colored pearls. Are you preaching with me today? God crosses all these boundaries. There are no restrictions with him. God is no respecter of persons. Somebody say amen. You're rich or you're poor. You're free or you're bond. Doesn't matter. He crosses all those. We become the cultured pearls of God. It takes a long time, but it's a process that pleases the merchant man. And let me give you this before I wrap up here. The merchant man purchased these pearls at Calvary. Let me read you from Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17. Speaking of these gems, they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, 
And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Cultured pearls. Now here's, here's one last thought. Things that are of great value are protected. If you have a precious thing such as a pearl, you protect it. You put it in a bag, a soft bag, where it doesn't get scratched because it's precious to you. You are precious to God. You're precious. You're important. You're very important. Revelations chapter 21. Speaking about heaven in Revelations chapter 21, verse 19 begins this way. Speaking of gems. The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And then it lists 12 different kinds of diamonds. But if you go down to verse number 21, this is what it will say. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl. Wow, a gate made of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Wow. The 12 gates, the entryway into heaven is surrounded by pearls. Let's stand together. Jesus, I pray for anyone here that feels insignificant today, that feels like they're nothing more than a piece of sand. Help them to see that you've designed them to be pearls. Lord, I pray for those that seek your face and want to be a part of your kingdom, that they will see their significance, know their role and their place. I pray today if you have to do some cutting on me or anyone else, that we will be obedient and trust that your peelers will get to the blemish and remove it, that our value will be increased. I pray, Lord, that you will keep us inside of the oyster and trust that the oyster knows what it's doing in creating these precious gems that you value so much that you are willing to go to a cross and purchase. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, 
please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.